in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Saints beat the Bucks yesterday, nine to nothing. Zero points scored. It's the first time since 2006 that Tom Brady has been shut out. Uh, by the way, I saw this on SportsCenter. Do you know who the coach of the team was that shut out Tom Brady and the Patriots in 2006? I do not. Nick Saban and the Whoa. Miami Dolphins. Okay, that's one that would be a great trivia pursuit. No one would get that. That is the last time Brady was shut out. So Bruce Arians gets shut out, or excuse me, Bruce Arians and the Bucks get shut out by a Sean Payton-less New Orleans Saints, and now Tom Brady has been shut out by Nick Saban and Dennis Allen. I don't think they ran a play in the red zone. Uh, yeah, that sounds accurate. I don't think they ran a play in the red zone. That's Ryan amazing. Suckup missed the one field goal that yeah. they might have been right on the edge of, field of the yeah. red zone when he, uh, I don't think that, they got into the drive. red zone. It's incredible because it's the, it's the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, they shut out the Raiders even. Like, right. it's the number one scoring offense in the NFL. And, like, they listen, they lost Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Leonard Fournette during the game. <laughs> that kind of hurts. <laughs> But like Tom Brady looked awful. Like not like nothing looked good right. for the Bucks offense uh, last night. Okay, the Bucks offense. Because I was going to say the Bucks defense. Oh, defense was defensively they, they were both points. Yeah. Also, I will say I don't think Taysom Hill should be allowed to throw. No, he shouldn't. The <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm hey, you got to let him throw sometimes to keep him honest. No. <laughs> the old stop it. Let him run. The thing the Bucks defense messed up on was the Saints up six, drove the ball past midfield. And Taysom Hill threw a, like, easy, easy interception, and the safety dropped it. And they kicked a field goal to go up nine. He might have been able to take it back for a touchdown. He would have to go about 90 yards, but depending on how fast he was, he might have been able to take it back for a touchdown, and they could have won the game 7-6 to six on a pick six. Uh, but that's the only thing the defense did wrong, is they dropped a, an interception that would have kept it a one-score game and maybe scored to take the lead. There was... The best part of that was just like, oh... Taysom Hill runs like a fullback. And it's just like, not a good thing. Like, so he's slow and he plods. And he plods and, along. And it's thing. like, look at him fight for extra yards. It's like, he didn't get any. <laughs> he didn't get any extra yards. As soon as they hit him, he went down. How is Tom Brady 0-4 against the Saints uh, in the regular they season? Lose, he loses to them once a year. Twice now. Yeah. they've been Since he's been yeah. with the Bucs, they've been swept in yeah. the regular season by the Saints both seasons now. Which... The Saints, they're not very good this year. They did it with Taysom Hill in this game. And last year, Drew Brees was not good. Like, it's not like the Saints were all, I mean, they had a good defense last year, but it's not like the Saints are awesome. They're just a, you know, average, slightly above average NFL team. And Tom Brady's like, can't do it. Don't know what to do against this team. We're well, broken. Gronk was bad, too. The whole team, yeah. I mean, all the receivers were bad. I don't think anybody got open after any, uh, everybody went out. Like, it was like, Awful. To say they didn't reach the red zone is a joke, though. That is. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous that they can't reach the red zone yeah. one time well, with the best offense did, in the NFL. They, they had uh, Moore, who at one point I believe I've drafted early in a fantasy league, thinking he's going to get all the carries. But didn't he, like, take one out? That was Moore. Rondale Jones? Rondale Jones. My bad. Or not yeah. Rondale. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he take one that almost, like, went all the way and then just sort of ran out of steam and they immediately had to get up, move back 10 yards? Yeah, it was holding or something like that. Next question. 
The Packers beat the Ravens 31 to 30. How do you feel about the Ravens going for two with 42 seconds left after scoring a touchdown to make it 31 to 30? I liked it. I hated the call because that call, if you're not precise and perfect on that call, you're not going to get it. Like he actually had someone open in the back of the end zone. I have no idea who it was, but the guy was waving his arms. He was actually, but he, he was going, he was going to the tight end the whole time and the throw was behind him. So I liked going for two. But if that was the play they had worked on all week, like you know, Aikman said, they've got a play that they've worked on all week. If that was the play, I didn't like the play. But I liked them going for it. The Ravens screwed up, not in that instance, but they should have gone for two after their second to last touchdown. So they were down 14 points. Right. They scored a touchdown to get, they kicked the extra point, pulled them within seven. You're supposed to go for two there. You go for two there. Then and you win it, it. And if you get it, you're down six, and if you go down and score, you kick the extra point, point and win. win. If you don't get it, you're down eight, you go down you and score, to go, you you've got to go, go for anyway. two to tie the game. But the general premise there is it's about a 50-50 shot to get a two-point conversion. So if you're down two touchdowns, you should go for it on the first one because more than likely you're going to get one of the two two-points. If you miss the first one, you might get the second one and tie the game. But if you get the first one, you score another touchdown, you win the game. Well... That makes sense also in that there's absolutely no guarantee whatsoever you're even getting the ball back to score the, right. uh, this touchdown. Right. So that's where, like, the the analytics, the last two-point conversion, that's not like an analytical decision. That was Harbaugh saying, we want to win the game. Because get most it. of, like, the like there's a couple of places that have, like, models for fourth-down decision-making and what gives you the best win probability. It was pretty much a toss-up. Like, there wasn't a, like, the last one. Like, it was some said, yeah, it's kind of okay. Some said, no, you probably shouldn't do it. So, like, that one's not really a big analytical decision, but you should go for two when you score the first touchdown when you're down 14 because that gives you a much better chance to win the game because if you convert, all you need is a touchdown and an extra point, and you win the game. Man, you know, that's a great question. By the way, one more thing on the Ravens. Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Yeah. Is he good? Thought he was yesterday. He was. Thought he, he was yesterday. He completed uh, like 70% of his passes. Yeah. It was only 215 yards, but he ran for 73 more. He, he had four touchdowns. The big thing to me is he had no turnovers. Like right. normally Threw you see. Threw a couple to the outside that he got lucky on. Could have been. That could have been yeah. picked. But, but normally you like, yeah, you have a new quarterback in and, you know, it's not exactly good and you have a bunch of turnovers. He didn't have any and went undrafted out of Utah. Like Lamar Jackson might be back next week. So that might be all we see of Tyler Huntley right. this year. I'm fascinated to see if somebody said, you know what, we can make that work. Or if this was more of a product of, you know, it's the Ravens offense and yeah. they can make a quarterback like Tyler Huntley look good. Vegas is only a five hour drive to Salt Lake City. Great question. Thank Excellent. you. Are you saying they should have scouted Utah <laughs> instead of Clemson? Is that what should have happened there? <laughs> they're scouting the wrong team. <laughs> well, they're, they're not even scouting teams. They're just going to the national championship. One year. Are we sure they even go to it? They might just watch it on TV. They like, watch the coaches cast. Yeah, that Cleveland Furl. The NBA postponed five more games yesterday. Uh, the NBA has had a NBA, NHL, and uh, NFL have all had some mass outbreaks of positive tests. Do you think the NBA needs to pause the season? I don't think you pause it yet. I don't think you pause it yet. They passed a new uh, rule where for every player that you have on the COVID list, you can sign a replacement player so that teams are able to field more right. than I saw eight the Lakers guys. last night. Yes, there are teams that are playing with <laughs> eight players. The Nets, the Nets are now postponed, but the Nets, I think on Saturday, 
played with eight guys. Um, so, but, and you have to have eight. Now you're allowed to sign, you know, whoever out of the G League or I guess off the street, whatever you want it to be. You can, if you've got five guys on the COVID list, you can sign five guys right. and have a roster of Which I think the players. Lakers did. Yeah. So it's the thing. Okay. The NFL and NHL, it's a lot easier to postpone games and move stuff around. It's also, I know they wouldn't want to do this, but it's also a lot easier to pause the season and ultimately play a shorter regular season. Like if you had right. to play, hey, we're, we're playing 65 games. 60, yeah. Right? Like, hey, or, you know, that's, again, not ideal, but you can absolutely do that and it not be some farce of a season. Right. The NFL, because there's so few, you can't really just say, hey, we're cutting games off the schedule. So I think they're in a much more flexible spot to actually do this. And by the way, same with hockey. Yeah, who's yeah. Are, who have already did things. And the NHL has paused travel between the border of U, the U.S. and Canada leading up to December 23rd, which I'm under the impression is just so guys don't get stuck on other side of the border for Christmas. <laughs> because the I N- don't know. Maybe the NHL it. doesn't play on Christmas. No, they, the NHL is very Takes, serious about their whole Christmas right, holiday. Right, they take it off. Yes. And so I, I'm under the impression they pause that because, it, you know, if you test positive in the U.S. and you're on a Canadian team, right. you're not allowed you're not to go back, back home you're and vice versa. Right, so I imagine they did that because it's like, all right, we don't want somebody to test positive in Canada and they can't get back to Dallas or whatever right. city to see their family for Christmas. So let's just cancel all the or postpone all those games for now. So it's here's the thing. The Premier League in England, they're having meetings to talk about whether they should postpone their season and take a week or two off right now. Like it's it's gotten to a point where what do you do? And the one league that we've seen do it the opposite, the NFL said we're just not going to test vaccinated players. We're going to let vaccinated players play until they have symptoms. And if your goal is to finish out the season as normal as possible, that's the best thing to do. If your goal is for safety of not just your league, because that's the other part of this, of society, that's probably a dumb thing to do. Okay, going back to the NFL real quick, are is this on a trust basis? If That's I, the other part. If You've I got a, to trust. If I have a headache or a yeah. fever, and I mean, you have to trust the guy to come in and tell the trainer, right. uh, I've got some things here. I mean, right. seriously, that's when I heard that, I'm like, are they checking? Are they at least temperaturing guy every day? I mean, how are they going to know this? Right. Uh, that is, yes, a very important question as to how they're going to basically have vaccinated players. Be honest. Be honest, self-diagnose themselves, right? Because, I mean. You can wake up with a headache or a cough or something and be like, oh, that's not COVID related. Right, right. Like That happens when it's not COVID. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. But the other part of it with the NFL is, all right, in ideal world, we don't have the pandemic. The second step down from ideal world, if everybody was like vaccinated, then you could do exactly what the NFL is doing. And you just say, all right, everybody's vaccinated. So... We're going to continue. We're just going to play as normal. We're going to pretend like, hey, you're vaccinated. If you get COVID, your chances of getting sick or dying are so low when you're vaccinated that it's fine. Like, we're just right. going to that like that's a as a society, we take a certain level of risk with things. Right. And if like with the flu, the flu will kill people every now and then we but we take that risk. Right. As a society, it's not a big enough threat that it's knocking out hundreds of thousands of people. COVID is so we are not willing to take that threat. If everybody was vaccinated, then it'd be fine. Don't worry about it. The problem is. Not everybody's vaccinated, so there are still tons of people that are at risk of going to the hospital or risk of dying if they catch COVID. 
And for the NFL to be like, well, we're not going to test vaccinated players, which basically means vaccinated players can spread it amongst themselves. And then more importantly, outside of the team, right? They, they're still going out in the world and living their normal lives. That's where it becomes a problem because now you can spread it to everybody else. But I will say to give the NFL a little bit benefit of the doubt, that is kind of how the rest of us has gone on about our lives. Like over True. the last six months, that's most people have gotten as close to normal as they have been in two right. years. Yeah, you're vaccinated. Yeah, it's fine. I'll go to the movies or whatever and not worry about it. The NFL is kind of just falling in line with the rest of society. Right. So I think it's a little irresponsible, but understandable given that the rest of us have been doing that for six months now. That's a great, great question. Tiger and Charlie Woods lost to John Daly and John Daly the second at the PNC championship. They had 11 straight birdies on Sunday to give themselves a shot. It was Tiger Woods first time back in competitive golf since his uh, car accident. But somehow Charlie Woods is the bigger story. Have you seen this kid? I've seen highlights on Twitter and he looks like, again, I saw like (laughs) seven or eight shots. So I'm like, he looked incredible. The seven or eight shots. He, he hit seven or eight shots I've never hit in my life. I mean, he hit, he hit approaches that, you know, within an inch of the cup, like twice, and it's like, and he just kind of strolls up. He's 12. Yeah, 12. I mean, he's 12 years old. He is, I mean, he's already really good, but, man, that's one of those kids. He'll never be his dad. But Are if you he sure? Play, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll never be his dad. But it's not one of those situations like Jordan's kids played basketball, but they weren't very good. You know, you see that all the time. This kid, I think, is going to be incredible. I don't—he's not going to be his dad, but he will hold his own to where you're not going to say, "Oh, you know, you weren't any good, and your father is the greatest golfer ever." So you think if he decides to play golf, yeah, if he as, continues on, you think he'll be like a top fifty, yes, player in the yes, it'll be fun to see. I think he's going to be terrific. And the, this is last year when he was eleven; he was doing this. <laughs> now he's twelve. I mean, he's got a beautiful sweat. I mean, you watch him, you're like, "Okay, <laughs> what?" <laughs> My. My favorite video that I saw, and it was Tiger put one on the green, but like 20 feet away from the hole. The kid made the putt. And they, well, they show him after the shot, and he like rolls his eyes. I'm like, oh, that was terrible. And then he puts it like eight feet from the hole. Yeah. Like the same exact shot. It's great. I love this. I hope, I hope he's incredible. Because oh, like I we, do too. We've no, had I, this conversation yeah. about golf yeah. and Tiger no, being I hope he's like. Amazing. If Charlie Woods is like, how old do you have to be to be on the PGA Tour? Can he be on it when he's like 16? If he's like 16. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, because European guys uh, oh, yeah. who don't go to college. Like if I he's like 16 old. and like makes his PGA Tour debut, that's going to be like one of the most watched events yes. that we've ever had. Absolutely. Like, what do we got? Can Tiger golf in four years? Can we have them both in the same tournament in four years? In the same group, and Char- Charlie's sitting there rolling his eyes like, this guy's no good. <laughs> this guy's not even Dad, good. play better. Come, Come on. We're trying to finish the round, old man. Let's go. All right, coming up next, the Golden Knights. They are unbeatable in a shootout. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Brady and Tyler Bishop. We gotta stay positive. The Golden Knights beat the Islanders in a shootout yesterday. They won back-to-back games. They won back-to-back games on the road trip in a shootout. Robin Leonard has now, over the last two seasons, won three straight shootouts. Uh, He did not allow a goal in the two shots he faced. Uh, Shea Theodore and Nick Waugh scored to give the Golden Knights the shootout win. Is this the team? Is this the... 
Pacific Division champion, Stanley Cup champion? Oh, is yeah. this the team we're watching? Oh, yeah. They're winning the Pacific. Man. The Pacific's a train wreck now. They're in They're in first place in the Pacific Division. Yeah. That happened like... Like a week ago, they're 12 points behind Edmonton. Right. <laughs> We're like we're like less than a month removed yeah. from being like, well, stay afloat around uh, five hundred. Third playoff team. They're in first place, and it's not Christmas yet. Because... And the other thing is, they're in first place. Aren't they in first place with Anaheim, which no one believes in whatsoever no! in the long run? Yes, and no they, one believes. They in them. they have the same amount of points as Anaheim with forty. Vegas has played one less game. Um, but Calgary, they're on pause. But they had lost four in a row before they went on pause. Right. Edmonton has just fallen off the face yeah. of the earth. They're in fourth place. Their goalies are yeah. Starting to be the uh, goaltenders for the Oilers. And the Golden Knights go on a road trip. They play Boston, uh, New Jersey, the Rangers, the Islanders, and they go Man. 4-0. And I, but here's, to me, the like the big part of this. Yes, the Golden Knights are good, right? Now that the Golden no, Knights good. are, they, are good. mostly healthy, yes, they're good. Like This is clearly a Stanley Cup contender, but it goes back to the conversation we've had the entire offseason. This division sucks. Yeah, this division is very bad. That's why bad. we thought they'd easily run away right. with it. And the only reason, the only time we had any pause was when, oh, Half the team's hurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the good players are hurt. So it might be a little tougher. But it's before Christmas. They're already back in first place, which is astounding. And again, I think it's about how bad this division is because, like you said, the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. If that's who you're competing with, it's over. Anaheim? What? Like, this division is bad. And the Gold Knight, they're going to run away with yeah. this thing. They are going to lap the field, even though they basically took, like, two months off. With everybody being hurt, they're going to run away with this division, and it's just going to be a matter of who their matchups are in the first round. Because when they win the division, they'll get a wild card team. So mm -hmm. it could be from the Pacific. Well, but it could be it another could be division, though, and a better team than right. you find in your own division. It could be from the Central. So we'll see what the matchups end up being. But they're going to run away with this division, they're going to finish in first place. And I don't know that this would actually impact their thought process, but it makes what you do with Jack Eichel a lot easier of a decision. Okay, let's say he's healthy and back because we said all along, well, he's an easy, you easily put him in the center position. Is it that easy anymore, given what that top line's doing and what Chandler Stevens did? Is it that easy? Maybe no. it is. Maybe. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either the way Chandler Stevens played, yeah. the way that top line's playing. Now, Stone's hurt. Well, we don't know how, how bad he's hurt, but if they're all together, that that four three, four game stretch where that, team, that top line was together in the last week, I kept thinking. It's not that easy just to say yeah. Jack Eichel because we don't know how he's going to be when he first comes back in terms of contact and how he looks. Maybe he's the guy you start at the third line and say, well, let's just see what he looks like. Well, with the way the Golden Knights are playing, and again, presuming they go on to win this division and, and run away with it, which I think is going to happen, it makes it very easy to not bring Jack Eichel back until the playoffs. It's true. Because the, the way the team is constructed right now. Pull a Kucherov. I, no, that's a genuinely like I I kind yay! I hope this becomes a thing in hockey. The way the team's constructed right now, they can win the Stanley Cup. Like you know, you get Alec Martinez back. He's the uh, besides Eichel, he's the other guy that's that's out injured right now. But you can win the Stanley Cup with this team, and you can very obviously win the division. If you wait and don't bring Jack Eichel back until the postseason, you don't have to subtract from the current roster. You can just right. add Jack Eichel Shadow. now. That'll be his first game with the Golden Knights. That you know, it would be a playoff game. You know, it'd be the first time he plays in a playoff game. But again, we're assuming a lot of things here. If you run away with the division, and if the top line with Stevenson, Stone, and Pacioretty continues to play as well but as it have. has, all you you're doing, you can't change that. You're putting Jack Eichel on the third line. Yeah. And if listen, if Jack Eichel isn't very good coming back, 
and he's on your third line, so what? What if he's, I mean, he could be 75% of himself and be right. fine on the third and probably line. be the best player on yeah. the third line. So, but, but, the, but the point is, if the first line continues to be close to this good, there's not going to be much pressure on, Eichel's not oh, going to no. have to be awesome for this no. team to win a first round series or to even win the Stanley and Cup. And there's no pressure on DeBoer. Right. And if Eichel, but if Eichel comes back and his first game is a playoff game or whatever, if he is awesome and you didn't have to subtract from the roster, you're probably winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I would assume, until they run into some bum goalie who's like, I'm going to have the best two weeks of my life, guys. Let's go. Because we know that's happening. But, like, like that to me, it makes it a lot easier. If they were still chasing the division lead or whatever or battling for playoff spots or even battling for a playoff spot, then you're probably bringing back Jack Eichel as soon as he's healthy and making whatever right, roster right. decision you've got to make, if it's Riley Smith or if it's somebody else. But, if they, listen, if we get to, like, February – and they're like eight, nine points ahead of second place Anaheim or whoever the hell's in second place. There's no need to rush. Jack. No. There's no need to bring him back in. Now, Jack Eichel came out and said earlier, like, I want to play in the Olympics. Like he, that, that's a whole yeah. different conversation to have with him because if he's ready to go March 1st or whatever, it's probably going to be tough to tell him, Hey, we're saving you for the play. Yeah. You're not playing for a couple more months because we want to have this roster together. But that's certainly the, the, the mouth-watering opportunity of the Golden Knights is that they can run away with this division and just hold Jack Eichel back. Playoffs come around. Get out there. Play with Evgeny Dodonov on the third line, and let's yeah. go win a Stanley Cup. Like, it's certainly possible and that he happens. He might want to play in the Olympics, but he might be the only one over in yeah, China. Might he might fly over might and be. say, where is everybody? Max Pacioretty's fight. Did you watch it? It couldn't have been good. You he didn't miss fight. anything. Uh, so fight. he got in a fight with Kiefer Bellows. I do not think Max Pacioretty landed a punch. I'm not sure he threw one. No, no. Max Pacioretty <laughs> definitely did. Okay. He Kiefer tried. Bellows, who he was fighting, did not throw a punch the entire time. Max did Pacioretty he just kind of hold him? Just held him for the entire time. Yeah. Pacioretty tried to punch him like four or five times. No I, chance. I don't think he hit him any of the four or five times. But Kiefer Bellows literally just held Pacioretty for five minutes. Or for like uh, 50 seconds. I genuinely think the ref should not have given them penalties for fighting. Right. <laughs> it was almost like a Mayweather fight. Right. There was five minutes of right. Like I genuinely think the ref should they have been like, five. That's two minutes for roughing or yeah. something. Like that was not. They should not have been given five minutes for fighting. Well, then Max got the uh, yeah the stick he, tap. The, he stick, got the stick, tap. stick tap. Oh, Maxie. Yeah. There's no chance that guy's a good fighter. Did you know that's his tenth career fight? That's. That's more of an upset than each other yeah. going 0-3 against the women's team. <laughs> He's It's his third fight in Vegas. I'm assuming, having not watched the Canadians, I'm assuming there were times where he's like, well, I'm the captain. I've got to fight right, to whatever. Right. That's my assumption as to why he fought seven times with the Canadians. But even three with Vegas is like, stop. Okay, so Re Ryan Reeves is on this team. Why are you fighting? I mean, Keegan Colasar is on this team. What are you doing? I've watched most games. I haven't missed many. Do you remember his other two? No, I don't. I'd have to go look them remember. back up again. I have no idea when that guy fought anybody. Yeah, it's uh, he hasn't. It's not a lot, but it's still more. Let's see. He fought in 2019 against Arizona, and he fought also in 2019 against Nashville. Those were his two fights as a Golden Knight before right. yesterday. So three fights, but yeah, it hadn't happened for two years, basically. I just love the fact of someone holding him away and him hitting air. That's what is happening. Yeah, he was just punching nothing, yeah, but the like, other guy what, wasn't what punching. Do, that's what you do to a nephew. Yeah. You hold yes, him by the head. He, like, <laughs> he just swing he's swinging his arm. Like, Pacioretty <laughs> won the fight because he tried. The other guy didn't try. <laughs> he didn't land a punch, but he wins the fight. Coming up next!
Ben Goats joins the show. You think I like the shootout? We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Ben Goats. Uh, ben, should they have gotten five minutes for fighting if nobody actually landed a punch during that Pacioretty fight? Oof, that was uh, brutal. I understand <laughs> that uh, Bellows there is like trying to stick up for Andy Green, who was being honored for his 1,000th game that day. But first of all, Andy Green is the one that kind of started it, and then Pacioretty retaliated, and then they got all upset about that, which is just a weird hockey code thing. And then, yeah, absolutely brutal fight. I bet they have better fights in the stand at Long Island frequently. <laughs> so, really, just, you know, a disappointing uh, I was trying to, you know, provide some energy in what was overall a very low-event hockey game, and even the fight couldn't exactly bring the people to their feet. We were laughing because one guy's just holding the other guy, and he's flailing. Uh, you know, it's patch ready, so you certainly don't think, hey, this is the guy I want in the corner with me, right? No, I mean, Ready is obviously a goal scorer, not necessarily a fighter. I think he was only his third fight as a Golden Knight, and it had been a while, so he's probably a little out of practice. So I'll give him a pass there. But, yeah, the fact that his opponent uh, made no attempt to fight, and so Ready basically won by default, is what really soured me on the whole experience when Bellows is the one who, like, dropped the glove and asked for the fight and then proceeded to not participate in the fight that he started, which was a... It's a bold strategy. I'm no boxing expert, but I don't think that's recommended. I think in that situation, um, Bellow should be given a game misconduct. He should be gone. If you start a fight and then don't even participate in said fight, you're done. You're just out of the game. I like it. I like this rule. I think that, uh, yeah, you can't start needless fights. If you're going to start a fight, at least make it fun and make people grab some popcorn. I mean, I was (laughs) ready, I'm sure, to go to the concession stands as many other people were. All right, is the Pacific Division now just as bad as we thought it was all along? Pretty much for the most part, though in a different way than we expected. The Knights obviously jumped back up to first in points percentage uh, with last night's win. But the Ducks are still weirdly tied for first in points. They're third in points percentage, so that's at least different that they got the Ducks in the mix there. But yeah, the Oilers have completely falling apart for the most part. They're still in a wild card spot, but uh, it's still kind of top heavy as we thought, but Anaheim's been surprising. Calgary's been surprising. Oilers have just kind of scuffled the last little bit, but for the most part, then everyone else is beatable. I think Seattle has been disappointing. So the teams have been shuffled around a little bit, but overall, yeah, I don't think that uh, this is a division that's going to strike, you know, fear in the hearts of uh, the Knights as they kind of try to protect their lead over the last, four or five months of the season here. Yeah, We talked about this before you came on. No matter when he's ready, when you see how the top line's playing right now, does it give them an ability to tell Jack Eichel, you just stay out for a while, and maybe even till the playoffs? Could you see that if this top line keeps playing like this and they run away with the division, is there a sense that why would you bring him back too early? Or even, or even if he says he's ready? So if Jack Eichel thinks he's ready, I think because of the investment you put into him that you've got to get him on the ice just because this is a guy that hasn't played hockey since uh, March at this point. And so you need to get him up to speed at some point. But to the point that you were kind of driving it, I do think it gives you an ability to uh, potentially kind of monkey with where you start him off at. Do you start him off on the third line at five on five to get him off to speed and then maybe put him on the first power play unit 
and kind of you know monitor his ice time that way as he gets used to playing hockey again because um, in terms of just five on five, I don't know how you break up uh, Pacioretty, Stevenson, Stone right now. Obviously, they cooled off a little bit uh, because they were just scorching red hot on you know like nobody else in this league. But um, I posted this in a story the other day. I mean, they have a better goals for percentage as a line the last three years than the quote unquote perfection line that Boston has with Brad Marsh and Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak. Obviously, I think people think that if you put Eichel in there, it's going to supercharge everything. But there's not a whole lot of room for that line to go. I mean, when you're talking about you are outperforming that Bergeron line, there's not a lot of feeling left for you to get to. So I wouldn't be surprised if ultimately when Jack Eichel does join the lineup, Pete DeBoer kind of monkeys with where to put him a little bit to see what other spots in the lineup he can uh, benefit by putting Jack Eichel there rather than putting Eichel on that top line where I don't think you're going to make that top line a whole better, a whole lot better at this point by switching centers. Is Robin Leonard good at shootouts now? Apparently he said he's been working on him. He said it was a big focus of his off season after his first shootout win against the Anaheim Ducks. Now to be fair, uh, one of those shootout attempts he faced last game, he was beaten on and uh, you know, the shot just hit the post. So sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some that way. But I believe he's now five for five on uh, saving shootout attempts this season. So, you know, he was the worst shootout goalie in NHL history coming into this season. So I guess, you know, he was bound to come back to the pack a little bit. Do you have a tattoo of Minneapolis on your neck? No, I do not have, uh, you know, the city streets uh anywhere on my body, nor do I have uh, anything Las Vegas related. Now, that's because also I'm a wimp and do not want a needle anywhere near, you know, my skin, at least, you know, engraving. I've gotten all my shots and everything, but uh, that was, you know, it was cool to see Leonard, you know, kind of point to his tattoo and acknowledge um, the ovation that the crowd was giving him. I mean, it is crazy that he was only with the Islanders for one year, but he packed obviously so much into that you know, winning the Jennings Trophy, being a Vesna finalist, winning the Masterton uh, Trophy after being so open about his uh, substance abuse and mental health struggles and giving that famous speech here in Las Vegas after he won the award saying, you know, I might be mentally ill, but I'm not mentally weak. It was really cool to see, you know, how much that year impacted him and how much his year there impacted the fans and the organization. And it was cool to see that acknowledged during the game yesterday. What would it take for you to get a tattoo? Something extremely significant happening in my life. You know, maybe one day when we have uh, young Billy and young Harry ghosts running around, I uh, could get their initials <laughs> tattooed on me or something. But until that time comes, you know, it might, it might be a little bit before I get one. Yeah, that's what I did. I got the kids. That that's what it took. Were you like anti tattoo before? No, that? I was never anti, but okay. I just never thought about it until we had both kids and, I was in Hawaii covering the Maui tournament with my family, and my son and I were walking by a store. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. He was very little at the time, and he didn't know what was happening. I think he might have cried when he saw me getting it because they were sticking a needle in me. But um, <laughs> that's what I did. I got both kids, yeah. So traumatize your own kid. That's yeah, the way to get By getting his initials <laughs> tattooed on my body, yeah. All right. I look forward to, to Ben having to get a tattoo in oh, some yes. other familiar traumatizing way <laughs> on vacation somewhere making a family member cry <laughs> sounds like fun. that's got to be the plan right uh ben i've got an important question for you 
Uh, Christmas, either Eve or Christmas Day, what's your, like, food tradition? What do you eat? So uh, we are big spread, so usually we do, you know, ham and then all of the Thanksgiving fixings, which is mashed potatoes, you know, green bean casserole. We basically just redo Thanksgiving but sub out turkey for ham, and that way we've got leftovers the entire rest of the week and so we don't have to worry about cooking while we're enjoying whatever random presents we got um so that's usually the setup in the uh, goat schultz household here now you've you just got engaged recently does it, so you know she said yes so it's happening i assume uh does this make, I know. does this make you <laughs> you know kind of scale back on the money you're going to spend had she said had you had you not asked yet You'd probably have to gone overboard with the money. Does this make you scale back? Say, no, she's already in for it. You know, she's 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 down for this, so I'm just going to kind of scale back. Or are you still the guy who, like, until it's completely finalized, you're going to spend a lot of money? Yeah, I want to make sure to seal the deal here because, <laughs> I'm, you know, so far invested at this point where it's going to be real bad for me if this doesn't happen. So I, I went to the normal expenditures. <laughs> Here, I am leaving nothing to chance between now and uh, July in Iowa because there's, as we know from watching the world, a lot can happen in the span of a couple months. So I'm taking absolutely nothing for granted here. I'm trying to lock this down as much as possible. Ed, what did you just stop buying your, your wife presents at some point? No, I've gotten you to know, the point where literally, and this is no joke, uh, she went to help our daughter move, you know, back for uh, the semester. Um, from college and before I left she goes look because I had come back from the trip she said uh my presidents are in your office go ahead and wrap them and put them under <laughs> so she bought all her stuff <laughs> so I just had to wrap them and now that's that And I'm like if you know why do you want them wrapped she goes well you always want to open stuff up <laughs> bought everything yeah Ben's not to that point yet but there will come a time where they're just so they're so fed up with you trying to guess and make the right decision. They're like, this guy's a complete idiot. He doesn't know me after that many years, so I'm just going to hit Amazon. And, yeah, that's that's how it goes. That's what you got to look forward to, Ben. There a you go, Ben. bad tattoo in Hawaii <laughs> and somebody else buying presents for you. Beautiful future out there. Yes. Can't wait. <laughs> he is Ben Goats from the Review Journal. Ben, as always, Thanks, we man. appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Take care. Oh, oh, yeah. Sounds fun. I mean, it takes some pressure off me. Does I got to do the stocking, though. She makes me do that. So you got to find random knickknacks. And yeah, stuff like in there. random stuff that you oh, know you man. put in there. Does Target still have that like one dollar section when you walk it's, in the door? Yes, it's the Target. It's the Target uh, trip that I make with my daughter every year, and then my wife kind of finally told me the day she goes, you know, every year you do that, and she just gets stuff for herself. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know because I don't know my wife well enough to know what she wants. Uh, you know, been married that long. I'm like, what does she want here? And my daughter say, oh, let's get her this, this, and this. And she keeps and half of it. And apparently now she's just, all these years have been shopping for herself, and I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know. It's great. That's phenomenal. All right, here we go. We got tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl and two tickets to see the National Champions movie. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You're going to win two different things. Two tickets to go to the Las Vegas Bowl on December 30th at Allegiant Stadium and a pair of tickets to go see the new movie, National Champion. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100.
Jared has questions, dumb questions. Here's a segment called Jared's Dumb Questions. You're the worst. Okay, she is just saying that to fit in. Let's get dumb. All right. You guys, this is gonna be this has gotta be one of my favorite stories of the year. John Daly took to Instagram with a big flashing sticker on top of his post that says, don't drink and order Taco Bell on Uber Eats. His bill was $446. At and Taco Bell? Did he buy the entire <laughs> no, say, store? Say, did he, buy, did he the, just say, how much food do you have left? And I just want it. The part in the screenshot you can see were 20 mild sauce packets, which they don't charge you for, five grilled cheese burritos, 10 crunchy taco supremes, 10 spicy double steak grilled cheese burritos, one beef burrito. Yeah, but you're still at $6.40. Yeah, like that's the part that I'm genuinely confused about. There are people investigating how. How do you make that leaves like $315 still available? Yeah, Golf Digest says they added it up 27 bucks for the things you (laughs) just listed. Which, which. And they went through 400 plus. Right. They went through here and said, here's what you could spend the rest of it on 25 cheesy uh, cheesy gordita crunches, 20 nacho bel grandes, 15 black bean crunch wrap supremes, 10 cheese fiesta potatoes, one side of nacho cheese sauce, 18 cinnamon twist, and a bunch of sauce. Sauce of which you're not paying for. Yeah. And that could get you to $441. What did he do? <laughs> I just, I don't know. What but the man here? just won a one one with his son. Yeah, he and his son after, just won that tournament. After he ordered four hundred dollars worth of Taco Bell, and my so my dumb question is, can you name another athlete that would be like, I just spent half of that, like like four hundred dollars at Taco Bell, and now I gotta go compete and then still win. Turvel back. <laughs> that poor kid. I know. He man. Was... <laughs> oh, kid. man. Come on. Well, also, it's not great with the coaching staff or the ones who kept bringing it up during so media availability. For, are we looking for tricky bodies? Tricky bodies. James Harden James when he was Harden trying to get traded out of Houston. <laughs> yeah, could James Harden do it? But No, it would be the guy who would do it before game seven. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy who's like three yeah, days. This, was this before the final round? Yes. This was three days ago. I tell you, speaks to his talent. <laughs> speaks to how good he's still, how good a golfer he still is. Because they, man, their score was amazing. Bartolo Cologne. I'm not even. Well, okay. What do you I eat? mean, Taco Bell. I don't Could know. your average offensive lineman just do it? Just power through and then just play the next day. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm three hundred pounders. From what I've read about, especially Joe Thomas, is that he always had to eat like. Yeah, I was eating whole t- chickens because I needed I needed to keep up a certain amount of protein. I'm not sure there's any actual meat in anything that got no. ordered here. Okay, bean burritos. <laughs> if you are ordering food to be delivered to your house, why Taco Bell? The the whole point, okay. Oh, the whole well, reason okay. Taco He's drunk. Bell, okay. Yes. The whole reason Taco Bell exists is because it's cheap. And fast. And you're drunk. Right. (laughs) And you are either 
drunk or poor, and you're like, yep, that's going to be my meal today. If you're drunk at home and you're going to spend $400, obviously he didn't remember it. So I, I know we're not dealing with John Daly in like a, you know, a sensible state of mind. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I think that might be John Daly's True. permanent. That's fair. That's fair. But like, why are you going to spend $400 at Taco? You could spend $400 at like a good restaurant. Yeah. No, you could. You could. He could have gotten. You could spend $100 at a good restaurant. <laughs> yeah, Go get I just a couple steaks. I'm just I just don't think I'll ever be in the state of mind where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna order food to me. It's gonna be Taco Bell. I I have been in that state of mind. It costs like fourteen dollars, and I later that night went, why did I order so right? much food? Because when you get food delivered, there's like an extra five dollar fee, and then you're tipping that like. You're quickly running up ten extra dollars, which defeats the purpose of Taco Bell in the first place. Okay, so he was in Miami for the tournament, right? I have no idea where he lives. I have no idea. But what if he was at a hotel and you on the Uber Eats you say meet at the door, and he kind of wanders down in his pajamas, <laughs> wanders down in his pajamas, just drunk off his you know what, and this guy this guy pulls up in the car and says, John, yeah, that's me, and just starts handing bags. <laughs> In the van. <laughs> Take the Taco Bell van to deliver four hundred dollars. Like if you're Taco if you're Taco Bell and you get that order, don't you need to call to confirm, be like, is this real? Did you mean to order four hundred and forty dollars? No, because no, no. you get you get charged. You get charged. What's yeah, that, that charge going through? They're making that. For They're preparing <laughs> that, that buttons going across the street saying your order is now being prepared. <laughs> All right, I they guess already it, pay for that. I guess it's because like if you were a pizza place and you don't get paid until you deliver the food at the door for four hundred bucks, you're calling. You're calling and being like, "All right, yeah, what, yeah. what's happening?" Yeah, you're here? But I guess if yeah, you're right. If well, it's don't like, give many ideas. If it's like DoorDash and yep, you're already charged or already paid right. for it, pay, making the food. <laughs> All right, we're making your five hundred bean burrito. Burritos. How does your credit card not call you and go, are you okay? Well, yeah, or, well it's please, John Daly. Please tell me, John, this is fraud. We've just we've just flagged a certain purchase for you. Like, you please tell me you didn't order four hundred dollars worth of <laughs> It's John Daly, so I'm assuming this is a normal this, this, this credit card's like, yeah, no, all right, could have so, been worse. Someone at the credit card company called their manager. It's like, I think I got fraud here. They're like no, no, that's, that's John. John that's just John. <laughs> and then Charlie Woods lost to him. Oh man, yeah, came in second. We got to take back everything nice we said, we said about, about Charlie, Charlie Woods. Woods. You lost to this. You lost to four hundred forty dollars at Taco Bell. John Daly. Did his son at least eat some of this food?